Mira. Yes. What did you have for breakfast? I had eggs, scrambled, and a piece of toast with almond butter, and a coffee. Uh, my name is Amira Devera. I am an entertainment publicist, and I own the company called Project 4 PR, and we represent talent and uh, personalities. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me, Kareem. This, this is exciting. This time you came alone. I came alone because it's all about me. It's all about usually, <laughs> usually you, you you bring somebody with you and you're quiet and you're off in the corner, being creepy, taking videos and stuff like that. But uh, I said no. I th I think we want you to come Aww. and sit down. So thanks for coming by. Well, thank you for finding me interesting enough to talk to. Hey. <laughs> Lots of people find you interesting. Um, yeah, no, I've seen uh, a lot of stuff written up about you, so uh, so things things seem to be going very well. Yeah, thank God. I mean, I, it's it's crazy. It's a blessing. Yeah. Um, it sounds cliche, but it really is a blessing. Like I feel when when I started this company, I uh, I wasn't really sure about the entrepreneur world. I always said that I was a great employee. Yeah. But I don't know if I could be my own boss. <laughs> so that was you know that was a big jump for me and seeing it grow and making it past the first year that's crazy to me and it's still going really well nice so you're well, almost two almost two when is when is the birthday february 4th awesome so that's very close it's yeah it's far but it's still close isn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah the year's almost <laughs> over it's crazy so like i said off the top you know you you've been here many times you know here's a roster of of and, and I, I might have forgotten someone, but uh, Kat Stefankowitz. Yes. Allison Dorr. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Megan Hutchings. Yes. Elena Wolf. Yes. Uh, Kelly McCormack. Yep. D.W. Watterson. Yeah. Jackie Perez. Yes. Abigail Winter. Yes. Who oh, am I wow. missing? Wow. Am I missing anyone? I feel like you got them all. Yeah. That's a lot. I feel like you've been here way more times than I know. I, I feel like it too. But you know what? You got a majority of them. That's a great roster. Yeah. I'm very proud of that list. They're all women. Yes. but Is that, something, we... is that something that you have you know, it's focused funny. on? <laughs> it's funny because I have noticed that a, a majority of my clients are women. And I have a few men on my roster as well. Mm -hmm. I just feel that maybe women gravitate towards what I do, and I don't know. It's it's a strange uh, ratio, but no, I'm not specializing okay. in just women, but I just happen to attract more of them. Awesome. <laughs> now you didn't start off in PR, and in fact, as I was setting up, you know, I was telling you what I do as a day job, and you, yeah. you were telling me that back in high school, you wanted to get into advertising. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. I. I don't know if I necessarily thought that I was going to get into advertising, but I always found the idea of selling a brand fascinating. Hmm. Um, I don't know where that came from, to be honest. Maybe I watched a show or something. Uh, so I thought I was going to get into journal or sorry, into advertising. But instead, I went to school for journalism. OK, which is kind of a weird. I don't know how that happened, to be honest. So I went to school. It's creative, for, and advertising can yeah. be creative from the uh, creative side. Of I guess things. so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean that was interesting going into journalism from thinking I was, you know, wanting to go into advertising. Yeah. But then from journalism, I ended up getting into political science mm -hmm. and graduated with that degree. With a poli sci degree. Yep, and now I'm in, I'm in entertainment, which is very bizarre. 
So, so what was it something at because it's very interesting. So, I, I did poli sci as well. Did you poli sci Canadian studies? I was, I was going to do international relations, but I, I did more, international relations, yeah, that was my minor. Yeah, so was there something about poli sci that you weren't interested in? Was it just something you did and then when you graduated you figured well I, I can't really or I don't want to yeah become a politician or, yeah or, or anything like that what was that like well I mean I was always interested in international relations um, and after I graduated I did uh, I did sort of dip my fingers into politics so mm -hmm. I volunteered for uh, the young liberals of Ontario okay because uh, one of my good friends was running for the president of the young liberals ah. uh, so she needed some volunteer help so I figured this was my way of doing or sure. getting into the pol political world. So I did that. I, I did. I didn't really like it, to be honest. Okay. Um, not necessarily because of who I was working with, but because of the environment. And yeah. I didn't expect it to be um, not as clean as I thought it was going to be. There was a lot of weird. Very cutthroat, isn't it? Well, it's very cutthroat. And there's a lot of weird underlying you know things that happened that I was maybe very naive to I'm very opt I'm a very optimistic person yeah you know in huh. general so like seeing the things that was happening I didn't know if that that was necessarily what I wanted to be a part of so I ended up moving to Toronto from Ottawa and uh yeah I decided not to go get into politics from there and and at least I tried it sure so I was happy I did um and ended up in in this world instead so. nice yeah that's uh, that's a very similar story that i had really yeah yeah Cause so you're in advertising yeah well uh, yeah and I, and I got into this by accident but i've gotten to everything by accident Same. yeah Same. <laughs> but i remember being really interested in uh in politics um and i joined our local young liberal writing association as oh, well wow. scarborough agent court cool um and back then he's now a city councillor um who i have no time for <laughs> but he seemed okay back then uh, jim carrey giannis and um and i i think i was planning to run for something okay uh for a position with the ontario liberals wow. and the young liberal president of our writing association was running for the president of the Ontario Young Liberal Writing Association. Oh, wow. So it's very similar. And so <laughs> we, 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 we would have these meetings and then we'd be planning. And then it was like something along the lines of I had to sell so many memberships. Oh, and yeah. I had to uh, hire buses to bring people. And I go, yeah. what? Like, you just can't come up with ideas and debate and stuff like that. And so I got turned off by it. Yes. Um, and looking back, I go, yeah, that's that's politics. That's how you win. It's it's the it's the leadership hopeful that sells the most yes. memberships that ends up winning. And, um, and and that's how it is. But, you know, back then I was I was naive and I had bright ideas and stuff like that. You know, I get it. I was the same way. So I, I totally understand the path. That you decided to take instead. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you went to you went you were in Carlton. I went to Carlton for poli sci. Yes. Did you live in Ottawa? Or? I, uh, so okay. So <laughs> whenever someone asks me where I'm from, I actually have a mini panic attack because it's oh, actually no. a very long story. All right, we got time. We got time. So I was actually born in the Philippines, and when my f my parents met in the Middle East. So before they even had me, they were uh, living in Abu Dhabi. That's where they met. Okay. And then uh, 
They went back to the Philippines, got married, had me. And then they went back to Kuwait uh, to work, to keep working. And the Gulf War happened. So then they had to go back oh. to the Philippines. But my dad's company got moved to Egypt. So then when I was five, my brother was born. Uh, and then we moved to Egypt. So I spent 11 years of my life in Egypt. Wow. Yeah. 11, yeah, 11 years. Do you speak Arabic? I speak Arabic fluently. I read mm. and write it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. No, sorry. I spent 10 years there. 10 years or 9 years? Anyways, long enough that yeah. I was able to speak the language and read and write it. Uh, and then I moved to California. Now I know why you have the name Amira. Yes. every As ev a Filipino, yeah. Every time I get into an Uber. Yeah. They're like, Amira, is that a big name? Yes. <laughs> every single time. Like, every time. And I always have to explain that, like, no, my parents met in the Middle East. They met someone named Amira. They loved it. Blah, blah, blah. Because my brother's name is Patrick. So it's like super random. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I got the foreign name. <laughs> but I love it. I mean, it's very different. You yeah, know? yeah. So yeah. I like it. Um, so, yeah. So and then I moved to California when I was 14. Okay. Uh, Sorry, with your parents? So not with my parents at first. Okay. So in the Filipino community... Everyone is family. I don't know if it's the same. So you went to move in with family. In the, in I went to move in with family. But then my parents ended up, uh, my mom ended up actually moving towards the end of my high school years. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, it's very complicated. Anyways, but like I would still see them obviously because they would come and stay in California for a bit. But they moved, they lived in Egypt permanently and I was still living. Oh. And I was living in California. Wow. So I went to high school in California and then I was going to stay in California had applied to schools and everything sure. and you know it was going to be that was that was it and then uh i don't know what it was but i started to have a panic attack and i think it was around february before i was graduating and i was like i don't want to i don't want to go to school with the same people that i went to high school with and like get the same experience Really? And not have anything different for university. I wanted university to be unique and different. Because it's supposed to be that time of your life where okay. you become independent. You go off on your own. Yeah, yeah. So I decided that I was going to move to Canada. <laughs> I don't know where that thought came from. I think my mom suggested it. Okay. I had never been here before. Um, I didn't even really... I didn't even know what schools to apply to. So I, you know, I, I looked it up online. And I remember uh, the Ontario, like... I guess university group or whatever like you you submit one application and they kind of like submit it to everyone okay and uh so it was uh it was very late in the game like everyone would who needed to apply would have applied already right yeah so carlton was the only one actually no two schools accepted me but carlton accepted me first and they gave me a really 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 good scholarship oh wow so then I sort of saw that as a sign. So you did well in school. I did very well in wow. school. I was a big nerd. I still am. <laughs> um, but I got a great scholarship. And that was a sign, right? Because it was late. I didn't think I'd get into any school. So I was like, you know what? I need to move here. Because hmm. this is where I'm supposed to be. The coldest capital in the world. I had no clue. I didn't, even, I didn't look up the climate. In I didn't California. look up anything. I know. I didn't look up anything. I thought it was like... <laughs> I didn't even know what I thought. I couldn't even pronounce Ottawa. I was like, Ottawa, that sounds nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I ended up taking the leap and I moved to Ottawa and I fell in love with it. Really? Yeah, it was such the a... The byword market? Oh, the market. You know what? I joined the sorority 
okay. and found my people and found like a good group. And, and you know, when you're when I was 18 or no, I was 19 by the time I got to university. Mm -hmm. You're young. And, you know, at that time, like your friends mean the world to you and getting your own independence and being able to live on your own. I think it's like, you know, as a young person, you're like, this is the life. This is the life I want to live forever. You know, so I, I was very happy at, in Ottawa at Carleton. Um, but yeah, but then I moved, I ended up moving to Toronto because there just wasn't enough opportunities for me in Ottawa for what I wanted to do. Okay. Because I did a politics thing. Yeah. And it wasn't really going anywhere. And I figured if I stayed in Ottawa, I either have to work for the government mm -hmm. or get married and have babies. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved here. And that's the story of how I moved you here. You didn't think of going back to California? California. I did. I, I, I thought about it. Yeah. Um, but I... I really love Canada. Like, okay. it's become home. I mean, I've been here for, gosh, like almost 15 years now. Mm. And so it's been home to me. And I really, like, as much as I love California and I can see myself retiring there one day. Yeah. yeah. This is the people here. I mean, the culture, everything about Canada. I mean, really? Yeah, it's interesting. Amazing. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, at the time, the States were still in a good place. Now, mm -hmm. I don't now it's a little bit like i don't think anyone wants to move i think people want to leave <laughs> who live there right so yeah yeah, yeah. If, you, if you had the choice if you had the choice yeah um so how did you fall into pr so that was another interesting again like you i very much everything happened by accident i always say that i think with my gut and not with my mind i've never done that i've never mm. been a logical thinker i've always felt that something was right and i just went with my gut instinct yeah so when i moved here i i don't even know how pr came to mind because i came here and i said i wanted to work in fashion because that was the other thing i was interested in other than politics i was like oh i like fashion it was it was, it was something that i you know, I could see myself working in. So I volunteered for Fashion Week, Toronto Fashion Week. Yeah. And it was horrible. Like, I hated it. It was just a very pretentious environment. And, I mean, I, you know, no offense to anyone working in the industry because I'm sure they love it. But for me, it was too, sh it was too shallow. What did you want to do in fashion? I didn't even know. Okay. I think I was like, oh, I'll just get into it and see what happens from there. Okay. Like designing or not you designing, be a model, but or? No. Oh, God, no. First of all. No, uh, but I. You find some nice in Instagram photos. Oh, thank you. No, but I wanted to do more of the business side of fashion. Okay. So like, I don't know what that was at the time. Maybe it was like being a buyer or being in advertising or something. Okay. But I right. didn't know. Um, you wanted to be in that industry. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to be in the industry. It was attractive to me. Um, so I volunteered for Fashion Week, and. I didn't like it, but I ended up meeting someone who was in PR. She owned a boutique PR firm and she was looking for interns. And at mm. the time, I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't have anything, right? So I took the internship with her, fell in love with, you know, the industry of PR. I love the idea of like being able to sell something to the media and the media talks about it. And then mm -hmm. it's cool. Like that was very rewarding for me. The industry that she was in was more luxury and hospitality PR, which wasn't really my cup of tea. Okay. But she, after my internship was over, she recommended me to a firm that focused on entertainment and lifestyle. Mm. So I said, oh, that's very interesting because I've always, I went to an arts high school. So I've always loved, you know, the arts and stuff. So yeah. I, uh, I took an internship there and 
it was like it was love at first sight. It was, I <laughs> loved it. I loved working with people. I thought it was amazing. One, my first client that I actually had to like, it was like under my account was uh, Rachel Wilson, and she was uh, Ryan Gosling's um, love person or like love interest yeah. on that show on the boat. What was that show called? They the were on a sh- love on a, boat. No, they were on a ship. Gilligan's like Island? No. That's too <laughs> No, that's... Anyway, so it was a show with Ryan Gosling, and she was in that show. A TV show. A TV show. Why can't I remember Ryan Gosling show? was on a TV show. Yes. A, okay. wa- a long time ago. Like, okay. back in, like, the early 90s. And she was my first client, really, that, like, I took care of. And yeah. she was on Republic of Doyle, which aired on CBC. Okay. Um, it was, like, a crime type of TV show. Yeah, yeah. With Alan Hawko. Um, and it was very good. Anyway, so she was my first client, and I loved working with talent. It was so cool to be able to, you know, go to, like, interviews with her and photo shoots and, like, really sell her as a brand. And I really, you know, that was – I was really good at it. That was the other thing. Like, you know when you're just naturally good at something? Mm-hmm. I, I just – it felt natural for me to be someone's, you know, rep, like a publicist. And so that I went, I did well with that. After my internship, I got very lucky because the person that was working there full time left. So mm-hmm. I ended up taking her place. Ah. Um, and I was there. I was at that firm for six years, six seven years. Oh wow! Which is a long time for you know most people my age. Most people my age like they stay two years and then they're done, right? And they jump off to the next agency. Mm-hmm. But I really I stayed and got so much experience from that job. Worked with amazing people did some of the biggest red carpets in Canada. So mm-hmm. that was a really cool experience for me. Um, and then, yeah, and then after that, I I wanted to kind of dip, dip my hands into corporate PR. Hated it. Okay. It wasn't for me. It just wasn't creative. Yeah. Uh, I felt very restricted, so I lasted six months. <laughs> and then after that, uh, I didn't really have a game plan again. Uh, so back to the gut thinking thing. My mom was like, why don't you just start your own company and at the time I was very nervous I was very scared I I wasn't really sure but the day that I actually quit my job the last job uh, the corporate one I ran into an old client of mine and it was weird because of all the people to run it I hadn't seen him in like a couple of years and he was like hey I've been meaning to reach out to you I have this big project coming out are you are you like are you working in PR still and it was weird because it was just like an hour after I no not even an hour like half an hour after I quit wow. and uh, I said you know what like let's exchange phone numbers you know let's figure this out so then my mom was encouraging me to like start my own thing but I, I wanted to take it slow so I started freelancing till I found the next job because I wasn't ready to start my own thing so I started freelancing and one client turned into two, two clients turned into four, four clients turned into six to 10 in a span of two months. Okay, wow. these are freelance. So then I was like, okay, there's something here. Like the universe is trying to tell me something. Obviously mm-hmm. like it's not, it, it wasn't hard for me to get the clients, but it's like, it was harder for me to admit that I could do this. I don't know sure. why, I was scared. Yeah. So anyway, so then finally I was like, you know what? Why not? just go with it so then i started the firm and i honestly don't think i could do anything else like wow. i can't this is it like this is it for me and i'm so happy this is the happiest i've been and and the clients that i work with are just so wonderful talented amazing people mm-hmm. as you know you've met them yeah, yeah, yeah um so this is it i think this is what i want to do forever <laughs>
there's so many questions I want to let me ask you this one yes what why does someone um, you know like like the the women that I've met yes. why why do they want a publicist what what what's why are they looking for one so when I'll use an actor as an example. Mm -hmm. So an actor, let's say they have a role in a TV show or a film. Obviously, this is like their time to shine. This is like they're, you know, everyone's going to be watching them. So the thing with that is like, how do you leverage that opportunity? Because that's one project, mm -hmm. but you want to keep working, right? Yeah. So like you want people to know about you and you want your name to be out there. So that's why people hire publicists. It's to elevate their name in the public eye but also put them in a good light right because like you want to be known obviously like you're seen on the show but then like you want to brand yourself as a person as well outside of acting because then you become a household name you know like oprah didn't become oprah because you know she had a tv show she became oprah because she's a brand like people will buy anything that mm. oprah sells like she has she has like these tv dinners that she just came out with they're just it's just TV dinners, but it's Oprah, right? So, like, people will buy that. <laughs> you know, same with, like, a Brad Pitt or a Jennifer Aniston, you know? Like, you have that team that really creates that brand that people associate you with. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's why people hire publicists because they're looking for someone to really mold their name into the public. Sure. And in return, get them more opportunities. So where does your work start? Mm -hmm. And so, for example, uh, an actor in, in a TV show or movie. Yes. And then the the PR agency or the publicist for that project. Yes. Right. Yes. So, you know, uh, Kelly McCormack is in this movie coming out. Yeah. Um, where do you fit in, and how do you work with? Um, the PR firm for, for, for that movie yeah, yeah. Or for that studio. So I work very closely with the studio and they're, me and all major studios are used to working with the actor's personal publicist because okay. obviously, you know, everybody, like all actors, usually bigger actors or even medium-sized actors, they have a publicist that helps them navigate the press and everything. Um, so I work very closely with them. I have very close relationships with a lot of the production companies. Yeah. Um, and it's just a matter of like, you know, making sure that Kelly is on the red carpet and that she is doing the interviews because you can get lost. Like the stars of the movie are Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. Mm -hmm. So how does Kelly capitalize off of her role even if you know she's a supporting role but she's still in the film so it's a matter of me saying hey like kelly's available for interviews she can do you know uh the red carpet she could do photos and all that stuff obviously getting her, her press herself on my end but working closely with them making sure like they're okay with her talking about the film and you know but at the end of the day i mean they just as much eye, they want as much eyes as possible so if kelly's promoting the film sure through her end then it's more people go, who are going to go see the movie but yeah. it also helps kelly because then now everyone's seeing that she's everyone's seeing yeah film. so it's really about being seen really that's my job yeah <laughs> you know so my job is to make sure that my clients are seen in the best light as sure. possible um but also you know making sure that they're uh that I'm filtering the right type of press for them so mm. that they're going, they're being featured by the right journalists and they're being, sh sh you know, 
shown in the best light possible, right? Because anyone can go online, Google someone, and make up a story. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if you have someone controlling that message, yeah, like a publicist, then you know it's much better for your brand in the long run. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Um. And so what? Well, what, did, what else? So, so that's so that's. Many yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a very um. It's a confusing career for a lot of people who are not in the entertainment industry necessarily, like mm -hmm. within it, because they're like, oh, well, what do you do? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> so it's 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 a very interesting world. There's a lot of factors. I'm sure that people reach out to you and you and you reach out to people. But what's what's that conversation like? So, you, you know, take me through an example, if you're allowed to. Yeah. You know, maybe how uh, Elena or Megan or Kelly, like how did. How did those relationships begin and yes. start? So I, I actually, I, I love cold calling, reaching out to people. So if I, I mean, I get a lot of the industry news. Okay. So I'll see that, like, let's say a show got picked up by CBC or a show got picked up by this or whatever. There's a film coming out. Uh, I, I see it and then I, I look at the cast and I see who's in it. And I always reach out and say, hey, you know, I saw that, you know, congratulations on the film. Do you have a publicist? This is what I do. Mm. So I've done that many times. And I would say 50% of my clients have come from cold calling. Wow. Which is a high number. The other 50%, um, I I mean, I've been in the industry for 10 years. So a lot of people know who I am now, you know, thank God. Yeah. Uh, which is nice. And a lot of it has been referrals. So people are like, hey, I've worked with Amira before. You should reach out to her if you have a film coming out. So it's a lot of that. But also a lot of, you know, self-promotion. I mean... Sure. This helps. This podcast, doing this podcast helps. I mean, you know, I've been lucky that a lot of media people have also wanted to feature what I do. So it's nice to have that. Yeah. Instagram has been super, super helpful. Uh, they'll see the post that I put up about my clients and they're like, oh, like I saw that Kelly was at the red carpet. You know, I have a movie coming out. How does that work? Like, can you help me? So, yeah. So that's that's really how you know these relationships kind of start. They're very organic. Mm -hmm. um, even the cold calls are very organic because you know it's just a matter of me saying I I am happy for them that they got a role in a film or a TV show. Uh, so it's you know just me reaching out and even just making that contact. It's always nice, you know. I mean, people like to hear that their work is being recognized. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. The co the conversations always sort of authentic and and, and organic and. Yeah, that's how the relationships are formed. So one one thing you said is you 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 help get people on the red carpet. Yes. I always thought if you're going to go to one of these shows, there's you have to walk on the red carpet to get inside. No, I mean the main stars do. Okay. The main like for example with like a movie like Lady Gaga's film at TIFF, obviously she had to walk the red carpet because she's the star of the show. Yeah. But there's supporting roles, right? So there's a lot of people who are also actors in the film, um, and and sometimes the PR team, they don't necessarily think about them walking the red carpet, mm. right? So it's about me being like, hey, you know, so-and-so is interested in walking the red carpet. They're, they're happy to do interviews. Can we get them in? Oh. So it's a lot of And like who is like for TIFF, for example, who are you calling to... Um, usually for that, it would be the production company that's working with the film uh. or it's actually the TIFF people themselves. Yeah. But most of the time, it would be the production team that you would be talking to because they're the ones that are basically organizing the red carpet and then they relay it to the people at TIFF. So it's 
There's a lot of moving hands. Tiff is a big beast. Yeah. It's. I mean, I worked on the. I, I worked on a few Warner Brothers red carpets for Tiff in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked closely with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers worked closely with Tiff, so it was a lot of communications back and forth. Um, but yeah, it's there's a lot of moving hands. How do you say. how do you decide? You know, you you talk about you you did work with uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah. How did you, so you got calls from. Uh, uh, publicists saying, "Hey, can you get my person on?" Or? So it wasn't, you know, for me, it wasn't necessarily me because we were an external PR team that okay. worked uh. on that. But probably the P- PR team at Warner Bros. probably got those calls. Okay, of which talent that were interested in walking? I, I, I personally haven't gotten those calls. Uh. I haven't worked on like I wasn't in house. I worked externally for Warner Brothers, mm. but I'm sure they've gotten the calls yeah. of like. Get my talent. Uh, in. Was, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was. I was curious how that goes and how you how yeah. you decide. I did. Who goes on? And so one of the red carpets I did work that I managed was um, the Amfar red carpet one year during TIFF. So Amfar is an organization that does, uh, you know, raises funds for research for uh, curing AIDS. Mm-hmm. And they have celebrities that walk the red carpet every year. Um, so, yeah, we've had, you know, I've had people call me and be like, hey, like my client is this. Uh, can they walk the red carpet? And obviously we have to vet them, right? Because you have to make sure that, first of all, that it's a right fit for the carpet because for Amphar that's not really a movie it's just a sure. philanthropy event gala that everybody just wants to be a part of yeah, yeah, yeah you know so then you have to really vet and make sure that they're first of all matches the cause like if you if I find that you're you know <laughs> tweeting homophobic things on Twitter obviously you're not welcome at this party uh, so it's really about okay. like vetting yeah, the yeah, right yeah. people making sure that you know they're a right fit for the event and that it's not going to make the event look bad because that's, you know, that's what you want to make sure of. You you talked about how there was fear in starting your own business. Yes. Um, Doesn't everyone? (laughs) Yeah. No, is it just me? Yeah, no, I've started my own business and uh, I I, I don't, I, I was, yeah, I guess so. It's, I mean, it's, it wasn't like it wasn't scary of like I wasn't scared of failure. That okay. wasn't it. What I think were you afraid I was, of? I was afraid. First of all, I was afraid that people of what people would think. I was of nervous you. of me. Okay. In the industry, I was nervous that people were gonna think that I was being arrogant to open my own firm. Really. After only being in the industry for at the time, I was only in this in the industry for seven seven and a half years going into. How eight long years. does one have to be? I don't know. I just okay. made that up in my head. I guess. I mean, that was all me. That was something okay. that I was self conscious about. I always thought that maybe like you need decades, you know, mm. of of uh, experience to be able to open your own firm. I don't know. I I don't know why that was so embedded in my head. Yeah. Maybe because of you know stories or interviews i've read of other people where they're like oh yeah i've been in the industry for 30 years and i started my own firm and blah 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 so i i don't know i I guess i was afraid of what people thought okay which is something i obviously got over and it you know still continues to this day so yeah what um what advice would you give to young women that are looking to start up their own company their own business i mean it's cliche but I would say if you feel you're ready, just do it. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that I would highly, highly advise a lot of young women and men who want to start their own business is whatever industry you're trying to get into to start your own business, get experience first, right? Because 
I wouldn't be as successful as I am now if I didn't have that eight years of experience because I have the contacts. I have the reputation. That's right. You know, so that made things easier. And even if I failed, it, it was easier to get back up, you know, because I, I, I knew how to get back up from the failures because I already experienced those failures before. So I would say, you know, whatever industry you're trying to start your own business in, even getting two to three years of experience to build those contacts, to have that relationship, to have the reputation, do it first. You mm. know, don't do it straight out of school being like, I'm going to start my own company. I can do it. You can't do it. Sorry, but you can't. You know, no matter what industry you're in, you need experience. Experience is key in succeeding as an entrepreneur. Interesting. So that's my two cents. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't. I don't want to generalize, but yeah. from the outside looking in, it's a very female-dominated yes. industry. Is that is that correct? Yeah, and I don't really know why. Okay. Because I find yes, uh, a lot of Humber Humber College in Toronto has a very very good PR uh, program, and I, I've had a lot of interns come from Humber, and and I would say ninety percent of the people that enroll are are women. I, I don't know why that is. Hmm. Um, if you look at co the corporate side of PR, there's a lot more men. So if you look at like Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, a lot of the PR team there are, are male, maybe because it's sports. sports. Uh, but even corporate, like banks have a PR team, yeah. a communications team, you'll find that there's more men. So oh. I, I, I mean, I, I think in the lifestyle entertainment side of things, there's a lot more women. I okay. think it's just something that they gravitate towards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I remember interviewing when I was when I wanted to get into corporate. I remember interviewing at a lot of the, the different corporate firms, and most of them were men. I didn't see a lot of women, ah. so that was very interesting to me because I was used to interviewing women and working for women. So I don't know. I I, I think it attracts a lot more women okay. than men. I I don't know if that's I don't know why that is. I don't think I have an answer for that. <laughs> When you're speaking with your clients or prospects before they become clients, do they ever ask you for, this is what I want to have happen? Yes. I want to be on a magazine or I want to be on a newspaper mm -hmm. or I want to be interviewed yes. or, yeah? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. They, they come to me and they already know what they want. Okay. They have a vision of what they want. Uh, there's been times where I've had to bring them back to reality because ah. sometimes it's not possible okay um but i like that they come to me with a vision because it's something we can work towards right one of the first things that i usually ask them is i ask them why right so okay. like if someone comes to me and they're like i want to be on the cover of vogue i want to be on oprah i want to be on the ellen show and i always ask them like why what's the long-term goal why do you want to you know what's the point because I don't want to work with someone if their answer is, oh, I just want to be famous. That's not what I do. I, okay. don't, I don't work with people like that. For me, you need to have a purpose. Okay. Because wanting to be famous is a very short-term strategy, right? Like one of my clients, she said this amazing lesson that she learned from one of the actors at, um, at a show that she worked at. So let's say it's Tai Domi, for example. Okay. There's three stages of fa being famous. Uh -huh. There is who is Tai Domi, where is Tai Domi, who is Tai Domi. So okay. it's like, who is he? Yeah. You know, at first nobody knows you. 
where is he everyone always wants you they want they're looking for you right they want you they they want to talk to you everyone wants to talk to you yeah and then who is Tai Domi yeah you know so it's like there is you've forgotten no, who he is yeah it's very short term okay so it's you need to be in this business because you're passionate about it because you want because you have to you have a bigger purpose you do it because you love this industry or whatever it may be whatever your purpose is because I feel that has a longer term mm. you know strategy there's a longer there's there's worth behind it if you look at the best people in the industry Betty White for example I don't know if you watched the Emmys last night she was on it I saw yeah yes they honored her okay. she's been in the industry she said for I, I don't know 80 years she said she's wow. 96 jeez but see how long term her yeah, career yeah. has been Meryl Streep all the greats right they love they love what they do yeah it's yeah. not because they want to be famous it's yeah. they love this they love the art of acting they love the art of filmmaking of you know making TV shows and yeah, creating yeah. So a long answer to that is, uh, you know, they do have goals. They have what they want. Yeah. And they, they, they have a vision of it. But it's about me making sure that they attain the right goals and uh, are realistic about it. So although I'm an optimistic person, yeah, you have to be realistic about, True. you know, what you want as well. You want to be a DJ? Oh my god, how did you know that? My research team, they my my staff my yes. intern staff. That's like with a that's like if I wasn't doing this. Yeah. Or doing like if I didn't if I had all the money in the world, I would one hundred percent be a DJ. You should go on tour with one of your clients. DW. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's amazing. No, I, I it's such a random random thing but I, it's not you're filipino right yeah it's almost see? <laughs> you get it you get it yeah no i i can see that yeah it's bizarre but it's something that i'm just like it would be so cool to travel the world and just play music for people and dance how fun <laughs> would that be yeah so i so i've, I've got some <laughs> quick i've got some quick questions okay. for you uh and i want to preface it by this you know okay. so so we follow each other on instagram we now do. Um, and, and I, I learned what the hashtag, um, OOTD, <laughs> and I go, what is this OOT? I don't, OOTD. Yes. And so I had to go on Google and hashtag OOTD. Oh, outfit of the day. OOTD. Yeah. So OOTD's okay. outfit of the day. What's, what's yes. your favorite outfit? What's my favorite outfit? Yeah. I, your I work, your favorite work outfit, I guess. I don't have a favorite work outfit. Now that I'm my own boss, I get to wear whatever I want. Yeah. So I get to be more creative. What do you like wearing? What do I like? I love dresses. Okay. I do. I'm a very girly girl. And like, I love, I love the feeling of being in a dress. I love a good blazer. Okay. A blazer. I feel like you look professional. You look put together. You can, you can be wearing whatever, but you put a blazer on top of that. You're, you're professional. You're looking. doing good. Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite food? French fries. From where? From anywhere. Really? McDonald's. Okay. But from anywhere. Wow. I love French fries. Your favorite coffee? My order is always a soy latte with two extra shots of espresso. And where do you go for your coffee? Starbucks. Starbucks. Do they ever get your name right? So the people that I go to, the Starbucks I go to, they know me. So they okay. know, but all other places they'll add like an L or they'll, I don't know, they'll say <laughs> Elmira, Elmira. I think they do this on purpose so that people can take can screenshots. Take pictures of, of it. Yeah. I stopped doing that. I'm like, <laughs> you're not getting free advertising. Um, you're doing it on purpose. 
your favorite you're always taking pictures in these in these places where that have like awesome backgrounds and stuff like that yes. um what's your favorite place in toronto to take a selfie Hmm, that's a hard one because there's a lot of great spots. Um, I love anywhere that has a really, really cool rustic building, like a very cool architecture. So I would say um, there's a lot of places actually on this street, like e the East End, there's a lot of really cool old kind of rustic looking buildings. Distillery is also really nice. Yeah, yeah. Liberty Village has some great places. Okay. Yeah, so I like I like anything that looks old. <laughs> And are you bo are you boxing? What do you, what do you? Yes, I love it. I love boxing. I love working out. Yeah. that's like my release. That's like my meditation. Do you have a favorite gym, or is there you so, always go to a, a one place? Yeah, so Studio Ko, um, they're amazing. They are on King West, and okay. they, uh, it's basically like it's it's an. <laughs> It's an amazing place to just, you know, get your adrenaline out. And you don't have to be an expert in boxing. Like, they have beginner boxing. I've been boxing there for two years now, and wow. I love it. Uh, so I've gotten better. <laughs> but it's amazing. It's a great workout, and I hi highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Who's your favorite client? Oh, God, come on. I can't choose that. I don't have a favorite client. You don't have a favorite client? No. They're, they're all, all, they're they're all, all bad? They're all horrible. They're I all hate them all. <laughs> No, I, uh, I love, I love all of them. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and it's amazing because everyone's so different. I have actors, I have, you know, TV personalities. I have, so everyone keeps me on my toes. So I can't, it's like choosing your favorite child. You can't choose a favorite Unless kid. Unless you have just, I have only one. Well, so you have a one. That's yeah. easy. If you had two kids, you can't be like, oh yeah, that one's my favorite. He's going to college. Who's your, who's <laughs> your, 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 tell me about a pre, you don't have to say their name unless you want to, but. Your worst client, like a problem client. What happened? So it's actually interesting. I bet that's something that I've been practicing more this year is uh, doing these, the, the, the art of no, saying no, which is very hard for me because you know me. You know me by now. Yeah. I'm very, you know, I, I'm not, I think I'm a nice person. Um, but, you know, I usually can smell a diva from a mile away. Oh? It's very easy for me to tell when someone's going to be a difficult client. But sometimes they slip through the cracks okay. and I, I can't you know you can't tell because sometimes they fool you when you're meeting with them so I, I've actually had to let go of two clients recently in the last two oh. years oh. Uh, because they made my life a living hell okay. it was, they were very difficult they were very demanding and I don't need that and nobody needs that you know and I always say this is a very very small industry so if you treat people badly it will come back and bite you yeah, yeah. in the in the longer run. So it's not that you were working hard. Is It was that they were being overly demanding. demanding. And yeah. just not nice. Oh, okay. You know, like saying things that were very hurtful. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I didn't, I knew it wasn't about me. I knew it was their own whatever thing that they're dealing with. And that's how you always kind of look at it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was, it was about me saying no and saying that that's not what I tolerate. And it's time to let go. Which is scary as a business owner, right? Because you're yeah, trying to then like... Yeah, you have a client. That's, that's money that's, you know... That could you be... You got to put food on the table. Absolutely. Yeah. But at the same time... You got to fund those o OTDs. Oh, you got to. <laughs> but you also got to fund your sanity. True. So that's more important in that my is, opinion. That is so true. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. For coming in. Thank you for having me. You're so fun to speak to. I, and I hope to see you more often in here. I, 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 lo I love I love the, the people that you oh, 
oh, that you, you represent, and they've all been amazing. Yes, I always bring great people. I I hope I do. Yeah, well, I, I know I do because they are great. Kelly's my favorite so far. Okay, so yeah, we'll yeah. bring her in again. Yeah, for sure. Any any time. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this is Kareem Kind. You can listen to me in so many different places. Uh, I want to thank our host here at girthradio.com uh, inside Toronto Pacific Junction Hotel. If you want to subscribe, go to kareemkindji.com slash subscribe where you can uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and almost everywhere else. Uh, on Twitter, at Kareem Kanji. Amir, where can people find you if they wanted to? So you can find me on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the handle is Advera, A-D-V-E-R-A. Awesome. And if you want, if you like this conversation, this episode, just go on over to KareemKanji.com and search for any of these wonderful ladies. Kat Stefankowitz. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Allison Dorr, Megan Hutchings. <laughs> Elena Wolf, Kelly McCormack, D.W. Watterson, Jackie Perez, or Abigail Winter. Again, thank you, Amir. Thank you. Thank you.